Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. 405 DGS. Having a rough day, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I'm struggling. Only an hour left. <laughs> and then the rest of my life. <laughs> 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 Only about 80 years left. Yeah. This is just the pregame show, Dave. Uh, <laughs> you ever think about that, that with medical technology and such, you could live to be like 120? That is pretty wild. I don't know if I want to. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on how healthy I am. But if I'm just like, you know, bedridden for the last 10 years, I'm treading carefully here. I don't <laughs> want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, I've been trying all day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm already used up my stupid for the day. Yeah, I've, I'm down to Andrew at this point. So. And he's on the phone. Actually, I don't mind. Phone. I don't mind the stupid. I just, you know, I mean, I don't. I fought a lot today. Um, I, just to finish the uh, the point on that, I do. It's just it's all about quality of life to you, right? Yeah. Like if yeah. you're if you're in a place where you're happy, well then yeah, let's keep on going. And if you're a place where you're not, yeah, that's up to you yeah. to decide. I think we will be able to decide too. I think by the time if we live natural lives, just like we have it in Oregon and Washington, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the suicide pod. Yeah. Uh, where it looks like I don't know, it looks like a tiny submarine. And uh, they have it in Europe, and it's being used as we speak. And as I understand it, there are three questions. Uh, one is, what is your name? What is the date? And do you understand what pushing this button will do? And, and of course, you have to see a doctor before that and whatnot. Uh, but if you say Dave Glover, you know, it's November 15th of 2069. Yes, I do. You push the button. And I, I forget what mechanism it is, mm. but it basically takes all the oxygen out and replaces it with whatever's bad. And you're dead within 10, 20 seconds. Mm. And um, and people are using it like it's an actual thing on the planet that people are using that. And my guess is. That by the time we are old, er, um, that will be an option for everyone. I think Which, it's definitely going in that direction. I don't know that it's going to go fast, but I mean, it, there are other. I forget where it was. It was uh, I can't remember if it was Finland. It was one of the um, European countries. The in the Slavic area. It's not Slavic. What am I thinking of? The uh, Iceland, Finland. What is that area called? Iceland, Nordic. Finland, Sweden, the Nordic, Norland. yes, the Nordic. I think it's a Nordic country where you go through a process of not just one, but like a series of meetings with psychologists and doctors and, 
like, why are you choosing this? There was a documentary about a woman who was choosing it because she had a fatal disease that was going to take her life and she didn't want to live out the terrible part. So they had, should go through all of this process. I mean, it's probably going to look something They've like that. They've done it, though, with young people who are just depressed. Mm, duh. I'm sure I feel about that. Yeah, because things can get better. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially with advancements continually in the world of medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I think everyone should have that right, but I don't think it should be like going into a QT. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, our buddy Amir is on. Let me introduce you guys to Amir. It's been a while since he called in. Uh, been pals with Amir for a very long time now. Uh, from Bosnia, uh, a Muslim who has served in the uh, United States Marine Corps, done multiple tours in multiple theaters, and uh, I consider him an American hero, and uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he calls in now. Hello, Amir. Hey, Dave. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, you calling me hero, but I'm not one up, but I did serve in company of a lot of heroes. So uh, you're calling about the situation in Israel, so uh, I'm interested in your take. Yeah, God spare us uh, living in uh, interesting times, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that I'm really appreciative is that so far nobody here in the West is making it into a religious thing, and I certainly hope so. It stays that way, because just to reiterate, like you all have pointed correctly, this is between Israel and Hamas. The reason why I'm not saying it's a religious wide is because, well, obviously we do not see any major uh, military operations or major unrest in the West Bank, which is so much larger than Gaza Strip. However, I think there will come time sometime soon when elements throughout the world are going to try to make this into a religious thing. And I think it's going to serve all sides, whether they're in the West or out there in the East. When I'm talking about the West, well, you know, it's that, it's that old sweet ex-girlfriend that, you know, you want to mess with. It's that familiar, uh, familiar feeling. And we haven't really been really focusing so much on uh, extremist Islamist terrorism because for the greater part we have, uh, you know, figure out how to way to manage it over here in the West. And then you have out there in the East, I'm talking specifically Russia, Iran, and other Middle Eastern actors who do not want to see Abraham Accord succeed, who do not want to see United States and Western world embraced as an ally. So I'm just really afraid that uh, some of that rhetoric is going to start sparking up sometime soon, and I just hope that it doesn't turn into major flames. Amir, I'm going to ask you a question I don't think I've ever asked you uh, in our friendship, and I apologize in advance if I ask it ignorantly, but you growing up Muslim in Bosnia, how is that different, if it is, and why, if it is, from people who grow up Muslim in, say, Yemen or Qatar? Well, primarily because I grew up in a very much secular society. I, my uh, formative years were spent living in Yugoslavia, which was socialist federal uh, country, which actually put down religion. And, and uh, some people were even sent to jail for being overly religious, right? However, after the overthrow of communism and socialism and embrace of freedom, many of us rediscovered our own faith, right? And uh, we started looking at other co-religionists, if you will, as some sort of form of a spiritual kin, right? And so, uh, and to answer your question directly, how, well, 
primarily, it's a different culture. We, us European Muslims, talking Bosnians, we're talking uh, a small minority in Serbia. Albania is pretty much majority Muslim. Uh, we're very much different than, uh, say, Middle Eastern Muslims because of uh, our centuries-old traditions, not just Islamic traditions, but traditions that predate Islam coming in. And you can see the same thing with uh, Asian Muslims as well. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, Amir, always great to talk to you. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate your take on that. Um, very weird uh, left turn here, but Andrew's going to see the uh, the musical Beetlejuice tonight, and he was uh, lamenting the fact that it might be like an audience participation thing. And I said, oh, I thought you would have loved that. And for me, that is my personal hell, is like any sort of audience participation deal. Uh, have you ever heard my story of how I was scarred at a young age by I'm this? I'm not sure. You're going to love it. Uh, when I was probably 11 or 12, uh, every Saturday for years, we would go to the Roxana Theater uh, for matinee, Saturday matinee. And uh, in the middle of it, they had game time, and the lights would come on, and you'd have wheelbarrow races down the aisles, and everyone wanted to play. And I never did. I wasn't that kid. I didn't like attention. Uh, but one time, I was just called on, and I had to go up. Everyone's like, ah! So I go up on stage, and it's a theater employee who is probably literally 16. And it was, guess what's in the sock? And it was a very large banana. And he was holding it at a very strategic place. And so I had to squeeze the banana and go, it's a banana. And he's like, are you sure? Maybe you should squeeze it again. And everyone's cracking up and laughing. Today, that young man would be arrested. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the time, it was just good old Roxana fun. And so when that was over, I was so humiliated that... From then on, I would just be a bundle of nerves, stomach ache, waiting for those lights to come up for the intermission, and I would run as fast as I could, and I'd hide in the bathroom. Mm, True babe. story. So to this day, to this day, like I remember being in Jamaica uh, 18 years ago, and it was like, hey, everybody, it's talk like a pirate day, and I'm like, bing, just took <laughs> off. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate any kind of participation in anything. I'm kind of yeah. that way too. Same. Like when I go to see something like that, like I just I I want to see a show. I don't want to be a part of a show. I don't want to do a show. I want to see a show. I just want to sit and relax and yeah. enjoy you performing for me. That's what I'm here to see. I'm not here to be part of the performance. And uh <laughs> like I I even I, we went to when we went to Disney my wife and I, they have this Monsters Inc. They call the Monsters Inc laugh floor. Where it's like an impressive piece of technology where it's like real-time animated as the uh, guy behind the screen of the big cartoon that's talking is like heckling the audience, basically. He's going like, hey, look at this guy. Look at this stupid guy here in the black polo. <laughs> that sounds very Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I've seen this. Yeah. And it's it's like, and I, I'm just sitting there sweating the whole time. My wife's like, I hope one of us gets picked. And I'm just sitting there sweating like, do not. Please. <laughs> please do not heckle me, strange uh Strange monster cartoon. And did yeah. he? Uh, yeah, he did. I don't remember what he said, but he like it, mine was pretty gentle. It just like kind of picked over. Like, hey, look at this guy who's yeah. uh, actively physically hiding from me right now. As I like, mm. I have another ruling. Let's hear it. Uh, I wish I had a class ring 
it was such a big deal to me to get a class ring, and I had it for maybe a week, gave it to my girlfriend who lost it. Oh. That stinks. And at 18, you can't go to your mom and dad and say, can you pay another $200 to Justin to give me a class ring because my stupid girlfriend lost it. Uh, and I never replaced it. I didn't get a class ring from WashU. I love class rings. My brother had one, and I used to go sneak in his drawer and just look at it and hold the gym up into the sunlight. Would it be completely douche to get a replacement? No. Why? Oh, fun. I don't know. Do a 59-year-old man wearing a class ring? I mean, maybe you shouldn't wear it every day, but yeah, if you, you just wanted like... to get one and have it and wear it occasionally, I don't think it's that weird. Yeah. What if I wanted to get it and give it to Wheeler? <laughs> would <laughs> you take would care of it? Very sweet. Yeah, but I'm keeping mine. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about it's my. Just he's like gonna not, give you his letterman jacket. It's like jacket. 1982 all over again. Yeah, <laughs> mine's pretty about, cool, like a blue stone. Yeah, I'm thinking about my class ring. It was also a blue stone, and I couldn't think of what to get in the stone because you could have like a design or something mm-hmm. in there. I got a dove for some Why? reason. Why? Like a dove that had a little whatever the little in honor of the Prince. Carried. Yeah, those doves were crying. You're so weird. You are so <laughs> weird. You're such a weird person. Why didn't you get a Kiborel for something? I have no oh, idea. that's what I should have done. Why well, I got a dove? <laughs> I don't think we had any choice. I think it was just designed, yeah. and you could pick like the whether you wanted like regular gold or white gold or. How about if I give you my class ring and you give me your World Series ring? Uh, no. Wheeler has a World Series ring. Really? Does Even though I did nothing else, I did nothing about it, but yeah. What's That's it like? Cool. It, what's what's the ring like? It's pretty yeah. cool, man. It's got all of the designs, like the little, little rally squirrel hidden in there. Um, I'm trying to think of the, it's got all of, anything like Happy Flight, all these really cool little things, and you got your name on there. It's kind of nice. That's Neat. really cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Did you say it costs like eleven grand or something? I don't know. I have no idea. I I. I forgot how we did it. We he we, knows. we went. No, I don't. I really don't. I know this. It's not the same one that the players and those sure. guys get. Mm-hmm. Like there's two tiers of rings. There's the ones that the regular schmoes like me get, and then there's the ones that the baseball people get. Rach, remember when uh, Bobby Plager let us wear his ring? Yeah, that mm-hmm. was cool. That that love, was a real one. Yeah that that was such a cool moment because I got to meet Bobby Plager, nicest man. Yeah. Ever. And then he he actually came up to me two minutes later and goes, "Hold on, you need to get a picture with the ring." And I just thought that was, like, so sweet to go yeah. out of your yep. way to do that. That was Bobby. Very mm-hmm. nice. Yep. I remember Bob Bob and I were friends, and we were doing a remote together and uh, at some store. And it's just me and him and behind a table, and so we had two hours to shoot the crap. And he started telling me how to get free breakfast. <laughs> 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 and he wasn't kidding. He's, awesome. like, he's like, Glove, here's what you do. You go to a jewelry inn. And here's the key. You put a newspaper under your arm so you look official. And you stand near the desk and you wait for someone to check out. And you hear their name. And then you walk up to the hostess and you use the name of the guy that just checked out. (laughs) (laughs) And you can get a free breakfast at any jewelry inn. And I'm like, Bob, you can get a free meal anywhere in St. Louis. (laughs) And then he goes, you know what else I learned? You go out to a golf course and when they're having like a – a tournament, and you just mix in, and you can eat the buffet. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might have had something to do with being Bobby Plager. Yeah, I was going to say, you're out there. Somebody's recognizing you. (laughs) Unless you're, like, traveling the country doing that. (laughs) But I'm sure Bob had a lot of money, but he he found great satisfaction 
in fooling the jury in. <laughs> He's like, I'm telling you, Glove, you gotta have you gotta have newspaper under your arm. That means that you're you're a businessman. <laughs> so great. What a great guy. Just looking at my TikTok on the break. You're gonna be seeing a lot of this in the coming days. Uh, I was just looking at a uh, a state rep, I think from New Mexico, uh, who was refusing to say that uh, he condemns the violence by Hamas. And I think the the uh, the media is on this now, and they are seeking out the people they think are going to waffle. And, uh, you know, we played you earlier, the Fox News lady chasing Tlaib down the hallway who had no comment about it. Uh, I think you're going to see more and more of this uh, as we go on. What state was that from? I think New Mexico. Oh, okay. I, I, I sent it to Andrew, so he's going to look it up there. So uh, I'm confused. So he hadn't previously condemned the violence from Hamas, but he is now? No, uh, I'm not sure what he said previously, but the, he was at a pro-Palestine uh, protest. And he was asking, do you condemn the violence by Hamas? And he said he wasn't going to answer him. And then he started saying, why would I answer you when you have three listeners? And just basically avoided it. Am I the only one, and maybe I'm wrong, but who thinks it's kind of unfair that just because you're supporting Palestine, you then have to answer for Hamas? I mean, there's innocent people in Palestine who are being oppressed and who are leaving their homes and being displaced. I think think if you are a United States politician— and you are at a pro-Palestine uh, protest where they're screaming things that are anti-American. I think it's a fair question. Okay. Do you condemn the violence by Hamas? And I think it's fair to draw inferences if you can't answer that in the affirmative. I don't think it's that difficult. I think that you, I think you can support Palestine and denounce Hamas. And I don't think it should be that difficult for you to do that, especially if you're a United States politician. I just feel like with the the thing with Rashida Tlaib when she came out and said, if you think that I su- support Hamas, you're making assumptions about me based on my politics and based on my ethnicity. Well, she also said that she blamed Israel for the whole thing. So In I think, her statement, the original in statement. In her original statement. So I think that open. it's like being a lawyer that uh, I may not be able to ask you something on cross-examination, uh-huh. but if you open the area, now it's fair game. Okay. And so I think that when someone blames Israel for it and they're a sitting U.S. congressperson, it's fair to ask the question. Now, my understanding is that she's answered it uh, in a way that would satisfy me that, of course, I don't, but I don't think that you can, uh, you should condemn the press for asking the question no uh, if you want that kind of job and you're a public person and it's a relevant news topic now if somebody's coming up and ambushing you about something like uh, your family your parents your kids okay that's out of line that's not a part of the job but this is part of your job internet especially considering some of the positions that she's taken and it's an easy this is the thing i don't understand it's just easy you just stop and say no i condemn all behavior like that and the people I support are not the ones that are doing that. You just say something simple, boom, done. You don't have a controversy. 439 DGS. Wheeler cut out a little bit early. I think it's his last game of the year. I think so. Right? He said that like 85 times. He though. said that yes. a lot, hasn't he? he? He just said it like two weeks ago. He's, he's on like, his way to Sizzler. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm all done. Let's go. <laughs>
If anyone sees Wheeler in a Golden Corral, let me know. He's going to meet up with that fight, uh, that collar so they can get into a fist fight. Yeah, he's going yeah. to an alley somewhere. <laughs> he's been in a lot of alleys. Let this me is a tell you a little bit about reality, Kevin. Took him to task. Oof. Hmm. He's still smarting over it. And the thing that he he had said right before that was like, I'm just telling you the reality. He's going to go home, like, find you. the biggest pillow in his house, write listener on it, and just beat the <laughs> hell out of it. He's going to make a opposing team on his baseball game <laughs> called uh, Listener. Uh, let's do some more audio. Okay, let's see. What do we have here? Um, Bruce Bochi, is that how you say his name? The uh, baseball guy? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Let's not do it. Okay. okay. What about Nancy Mace? Yeah, this one's. Which one is this? That's her with the uh, scarlet letter wearing the, uh, she's wearing the scarlet letter and she says. Is there audio her... to it? Oh, yeah. Okay, fine, fine. Let's hear it. I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people. I'm not on the side of the establishment. And I'm going to do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences, because I don't answer to anybody in D.C. I don't answer to anyone in Washington. I only answer to the people. Thank you. I think Nancy should read the book. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's not what the scarlet letter means. No. It wasn't like... because Hester Prynne spoke out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like we see more and more of this from and I and I don't want to point to one side or the other, but but it just seems to be like a societal thing where uh what was that noise? Did anybody hear that? I think I, I made it with my it mouth. Was a little squeak. Okay. <laughs> it was like a little squeak. Yeah, I didn't also, mean to do it. Somebody burped earlier. Oh, that wasn't me. That was All me. right, well, we know who that was then. Yeah, how could we guess? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's just that lack of understanding. Like the whole, like, you know, the people who are people who are in the Capitol on January 6th, they're know, the new American Revolution. You know what it's I like hate the- almost more than anything else in life is obviousness. And Nancy Mace right now is being so obvious. Like she's making her move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's she's getting all hottied up before she goes on you TV. You can say it, I can't. Oh, yeah. Well, yep, I just saw her on CNN, and she's she's got them pushed up. That's she's, all I can say. She's got them out there. <laughs> but she's got the jacket open with the the white tank top with the big A, and it's like, all right, Nancy. Evidently, they only had those in children small. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, exactly. she's making her move. All right, the next piece of audio. You have a lot of audio today, sure Dave. Does. This one says ma- machine gun. Do you know what this is? Oh, yeah. Is there audio to this, too? Mm -hmm. So Machine Gun Kelly was doing almost like a TED Talk. Yeah, it was the Forbes, like, 30 under 30 conference. He's not 30 yet? No. And uh, He's like 20. And so he's sitting in a chair with a moderator, and some guy rushes the stage. And he jumps up, and he squares up and puts his dukes up. He's like, don't make me do this. And people are going off on him. I'm like, well... I don't know much about Machine Gun Kelly, but it's like, look, if I'm on stage and someone rushes me, I'm not just going to stand there and right. see what they're up to. So, yeah, go ahead. The 27 Club, that's like, um, my man. Okay. Yo, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is a bad look. Don't make me do this. Don't, don't make me do this, bro. Okay. You all right? But you know what? <laughs> Don't Maybe that was a good rush idea. People on stage. Yeah. He is he was born on April 22nd, 1990. He's he's over 30. Okay. I knew he was for sure. 
That was gonna mess me up. Maybe that's what the guy was rushing the stage to say. Yeah, he was like, (laughs) he he shouldn't be here at the thirty under thirty. This isn't thirty-two under (laughs) thirty-two. All right. So usually on Wednesdays we talk to Chris Cuomo, but he's in Israel right now. Um, And I got this audio from his show. He was supposed to talk to a spokesperson from Hamas, and they ended up walking off the set. Here's the audio. Uh, To be clear, for those of you saying, "Oh, you were going to talk to Hamas, and then you didn't because you're biased," please. All right. No or be quiet. All right. Here is the video of Osama Hamdan, the main spokesperson for Hamas. Dusty, show what happened. He was watching the show. I will give you one. He was saying, I don't like the studio. I I thought we were going to be on. Thank you. No, you didn't told me that the situation will be like this. I will leave. Thank you very much. So he decided to walk away. And I'll tell you why. You don't have to be a mind reader. He didn't want to have to follow the reality of the pain that his organization has caused. Hamas is a terror organization. I find it funny that anyone would say that he wasn't speaking to Hamas because he's biased. If anything, I would think you wouldn't speak to Hamas because they are a terrorist organization. Yeah. I saw, I think the BBC spoke to the spokesperson last night and I they saw did. a clip from that. Mm-hmm. And I was I've a little got, shocked uh, that they that they talked to him. I've got some of that too. Give me one second to find it here. Well, what do you think about that, Dave? Like having that spokesperson on different news programs ethically. I've got that if you want to hear it. Um, let me answer your question first, though. Like if if they said, hey, Dave, Hamas has reached out to you and wants to do your show and explain their side of things. I would have to really soul search because the initial is I will not give any sort of platform to terrorists who are killing babies the other side is i'm the only i don't know if you're on the show back then but uh the guy who ran the westboro baptist church oh yeah i remember that very well uh he was famous for doing one minute interviews because people just attack him Mm -hmm. and i kept him on for an hour and a half and i was proud of that i didn't pat him on the back. I I didn't, you know, suck up to him, but I also didn't say triggering things that would make him just hang up the phone because that was his whole deal. Uh, So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would do because I would want to find out. Rachel, you said this years ago about someone racist, I think like I would, I want to know who you are. I want to know where you are. I would rather know what you think than just have you out there being who you are. And so half of me would want to talk to these people and find out what it is they're thinking. And half of me would not want to give them a platform. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Do you want to hear the yes. audio? Okay, here we go. Let me ask you about the hostages. Uh, can you tell me how many hostages you have inside Gaza? Now, during the operation, I cannot tell you any exact numbers because it's still... We are uh, in the operation. The situation is very serious, very dangerous. The people taken to different places, also from different groups. Uh, what, what I can reassure, what, what, what can I say, what I can say, sorry. Uh, first of all, uh, they will be treated uh, in a human uh, way, in a proper way, in a dignified way. We will try to secure them as much as we, as we can, but uh, based on what we see this night, maybe you have seen what happened uh, tonight in Gaza, uh, we might lose some of these hostages because of the Israeli attacks and bombardment in the middle of the city. So uh, of- one of the most disturbing things to me 
about all this is that I truly believe that if you took this guy or just one of the rank-and-file Hamas fighters that carried out this brutality and you hooked him up to a lie detector, I think they would pass the lie detector test that they are in the right. Doesn't make it right because they're clearly in the wrong. But it's terrifying to me that you can live your life in such a way, in such a place, in such an atmosphere, that you can reach an adult age and truly believe that you're doing the right thing killing babies. But I, I, I don't think they think of themselves as evil. I don't think that any of them lost any sleep that night, mm-hmm. which is one of the truly terrifying parts of that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that is terrifying, and it's not um, reassuring at all to hear the spokesperson for this terrorist group saying, oh, don't worry, we'll treat them in a human way, we'll make them comfortable, we'll treat them properly, when you see the everything that's happened yeah, they, prior they, they, to they this. Just How put, are we supposed to take comfort in that? They just put out a video of beheading one of the IDF soldiers. <laughs> 452 DGS, gorgeous night out there. I'm going to go meet my son Nick for dinner on a patio. That sounds lovely. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, you're all invited. Yeah, exactly what restaurant. If you can find me, it's and all on me. Do you have the. Uh, you know, address? there's going to be someone there who knows me and be like, uh, Mr. Glover's picking up the tab. <laughs> yeah. If that is indeed Seabass. Um, <laughs> what do you got, Rach? All right. Um, okay, we'll start out by talking about the fact that Crocs has come out with a cowboy boot. What am I missing on Crocs? Apparently, they're super comfortable. Is it I've- ironic? No, I think people, I, I I do think there's an element of ironic to it, right? Because it's like, look, I'm wearing Crocs and I'm out of the house or whatever. But I, some people are just really, really into them. I've never tried them. Have you tried them, Rach? I've never tried them. Never slipped them onto my foot. But I know a lot of little kids that like Crocs. Hmm. Like, they're really comfy shoes for toddlers. Would you try them? Me? Yeah. Uh, I, I some, mean, I would put them on my feet. I got some communal DGS Crocs. Would we but, all try them on? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good on Although that. Although, I used to feel that way about Birkenstocks. I always thought people wore them ironically because they're so ugly, and mm. now they're my summertime shoe, so. I will say about the Crocs, for the longest time, I didn't get it, but then people started putting the little jewels on their Crocs. Yeah, the little, like, little charms. Oh, those can be kind of cute at yeah. times. Little pins and charms. So what's a Crocs cowboy boot? Well, they're Crocs, but tall. So they look like a cowboy boot, but they've got the the toe area of a Croc. It has embroidery. It even comes with spurs, ventilation oh, holes, and a Croc skin texture. Okay. So, you know, you can get those from Crocs. They're coming on Croc Day, which is October 23rd in select regions. If I'm a horse and I get spurred by a guy with spurs on his Crocs, <laughs> yeah. I'm trampling him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, Trample away. <laughs> Did you guys see the story about the bus driver who was caught drinking White Claws while driving? And then I she did. gave an interview afterward, and she was in tears, and she's like, I didn't realize they had alcohol in them. I had no idea. You also saw from Mark Meadows, I think, last week. Yes. Re- uh, Cassidy Hutchinson revealed that he had three. He doesn't drink. He had yeah. never had a sip of alcohol in his life, and he had three White Claws in a meeting at the White House and yeah. was drunk. Also, and didn't realize that it had any alcohol in it. Allegedly, I have heard from the uh, bus driver, she's going through chemo, which makes you unable to really taste alcohol. 
So she was just like sipping on it like it was a fruity seltzer. She yeah. had no idea. I will. Have you guys ever had a White Claw before? One of those fruit one. seltzers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you really it's it's not strong of alcohol at all. So it's with someone like Mark Meadows, I for sure believe him that he didn't know that there was alcohol in it. But my question to you guys is. Is there any sort of responsibility on these alcohol companies to make more of an effort to show people, like, hey, this contains alcohol instead of just the pretty white can? Uh Yeah, I think so. It's sort of like for pot. Uh, They passed laws where if you buy edibles and and edibles look like candy and some of them taste like candy, Mm -hmm. you have to have marijuana uh, in a certain font. I think the same. Yeah, absolutely. Because even if... uh, I was just worried about it, but now we have actual examples. Although, if you're Kevin McCarthy, if you're smart enough to be the Speaker of the House, I think you should be smart enough to figure that out. It was Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows, sorry. You should be smart enough to figure, even more so, you should be smart (laughs) enough to figure that out. People make mistakes, but... He, he started to feel really sick and he didn't know what was going on. And someone checked and they were like, sir, this has alcohol in it. I mean, I felt kind of bad for the guy when I heard that story. But it is a little bit of a funny story, too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 